from the, the Gospel of, of Matthew here, the, the 28th chapter. In the resurrection story, it's the same, and, and it's certainly different in each of the Gospels as well. And um, when we talk about something as big as Easter and, and resurrection, uh, uh, what Jennifer will share with the kids is that we just live in mystery. And just think about that for a while. We live in a mystery that we do not solve. We just dwell in wonder and awe. And once we find the answer, or once we think we know the answer, then the, that, that wonder kind of disappears. So we just continually dwell in, in the wonder and awe of life and God and Christ risen. And just ask ourselves that question um, throughout, throughout our lives. <clears throat> and hopefully we start to notice the risen Christ and, and that which is divine in different places in our life. And, and I had a story, uh, <clears throat> a sermon completely written yesterday. And then I go, I don't, this doesn't, isn't working for me. And the reason it wasn't, because I, I wanted to avoid, uh, I know uh, resurrection and our thoughts on it sometimes can, can divide us. So I thought, well, this story might lead us to some uh, division and everything. So I just won't tell the story. But now with all of you here, I've got to tell the story. Because <laughs> it's, it's such a good story. <clears throat> but uh, I always, some of my uh, sages and, and people of wisdom in my life are always up at the Valley Inn. And I just love them. They, they're just the wisdom they share. And they just call it like it is or what they think. And one of my favorites was a, a lady named Cleo. And she grew up in Disappointment Valley. And you're going to know a lot about God growing up in Disappointment Valley. <laughs> and she would ride horses and she was just kind of reckless. And, and they would actually round, they lived on a ranch, they would actually round up horses every spring. And she'd ask her dad, said, how many horses can I have? And her dad said, as many as you can feed. That's how she grew up. And her favorite horse was named Diamond. And she was, uh, every time I would see her, she would always say, you can't even run a curry comb through my hair. And she, just, just, she was just wild. And, and uh, Cleo, uh, she was in her 90s. She had one good eye. And her other eye was matted shut. She was confined to a wheelchair. And she was in constant pain. And her hands were just all twisted from working and age and everything. And, and one of the things that we sometimes get into debates about is bodily resurrection. You know, are our bodies physically resurrected? And, and it's a topic of conversation. And so some people like to have, uh, uh, when they're buried, they want to be buried in a casket. Other people are fine with cremation. We just kind of go back and forth with this. Uh, so I want to ask Cleo for some clarification on this. And so I went up to Cleo, and she was sleeping in the library. And I woke her up, <clears throat> and I said, Cleo, what do you think about cremation? She goes, why'd you wake me up for that? <laughs> Because I've got better things to do than worry about cremation. I said, well, do you, are you okay with cremation? And she's looking at me with her one eye, and her hands are all twisted, and she's in the wheelchair. And, and, and then she kind of looks down, and I couldn't tell if she was praying or thinking or, or just sleeping. Her head was down for a long time. And finally, she looked up, and she looks at me with this one eye, and she's scratching her cheek with a, her old mangled hands. And she goes, pardon me, Pastor. She goes, but I sure as hell don't want this body for all eternity. <laughs> I said, well, that's some wisdom there. So uh, regardless of where we fall on that, <laughs> uh, God is creating something new and something beautiful there with, with recreation and uh, resurrection there. So it's just a wonderful thing. So reading here from the Gospel of Matthew here, the 28th chapter. 
So after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow, very similar to the transfiguration here. And for fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. Kind of more of the more common verses in scripture. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to live. Do not be afraid to do what is right. Do not be afraid to love your neighbor and even your enemies. Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified and he is not here for he has been raised as he said. Come and see the place where, they, where he lay. And then they went quickly, and, and then he said, Come and see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him. And this is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him. They came to him. They took hold of his feet. And they worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go on to Galilee. And there they will see me. And this is the word of God for each and every one of us here today. Praise be to God. And as we take some time just to pray and, and to reflect on, on this passage, what is your understanding of resurrection? As you sit here today, what is your understanding of resurrection? Or what is your experience of resurrection? What have you found to be true in your life? So let's take a few moments just to pray silently and, and, and think on that. Let us pray. Amen. So what is your um, understanding of uh, resurrection? Maybe questions you have about it, or what is your experience of that? And Manning talks about if resurrection is just a historical event, and it really has no impact on our lives today. So we have to experience present risenness, present resurrection. And so what is your understanding or your experience uh, with that? Part of that embracing resurrection is becoming comfortable with the questions and being okay with not knowing and just trusting that it's all going to be good, that love perseveres and being okay with that. And it's so fun to live in wonder. Yeah, it gets kind of boring once we learn the answers. It's kind of fun to find them, but then it's like, okay, what what now? Just to live in that mystery. Any other thoughts before I share a couple here? Okay, well, thank you for all your comments and, and just wonderful stuff. Um, well, yesterday on Saturday morning, I, I, like I said, I already had a sermon prepared and I go, I don't want to do this one. And I just wasn't feeling it. But I woke up on Saturday morning and I was just blah. For no particular reason, just blah. <laughs> and, I, and we had a wonderful Good Friday service out at Cedar Grove Cemetery and it was a very spiritual and, and very sacred. And it's just a holy time. And while we were walking among the graves out there, there was this holy silence and, and there was communion as we moved among the, the graves. 
of our friends and, and community members. And at the last station that we're at, we, we said a, an amen, had a prayer and said an amen. And a flock of birds just flew overhead. And, and I was wondering, were the birds, maybe they were just birds, you know, but were the birds uh, a wave to the past and an embrace of tomorrow? Were they a sign of resurrection and new life? And then just as quickly, they disappeared into the falling light. But Saturday morning when I woke up, I just felt blah, <laughs> ho-hum. <clears throat> and I was just laying in bed and I was blaming it on my cold that I've been fighting all week long. And Brennan Manning, he writes, he says, he goes, I have lived, and by the way, uh, Brennan Manning, he was just this great uh, Christian and spiritual leader and leading retreats all the time. And he was in high demand. And he was in uh, recovery throughout his life, 12-step recovery. And he tells these stories about how he would wake up in the gutter where he had just from the previous night's activities and he couldn't move. And he was scheduled to give this retreat in two hours on Christianity and love and forgiveness and just his struggle with that. But he says, I have lived long enough to appreciate that life is lived more in the valley than on the mountaintop. I have lived long enough, he said, to appreciate that life is lived more in the valley than on the mountaintop. And that faith is never doubt-free. We can have faith and we can also have doubts as well. And so I was just laying in bed feeling blah and then thank goodness for our four-legged friends. Uh, little Angel, she was beside my bed wagging her tail and looking at longingly at me. So I reluctantly, very reluctantly, put on my coat and hat and found her leash to take our morning walk. And I was thinking, what am I going to have to say about resurrection <laughs> tomorrow here? And we strolled along Grand Avenue just greeting neighbors with a simple, hello, how are you today? And my mood started to change when I saw other people and their kindness and their goodness, our familiar lives with one another. And I stopped at Fahrenheit Coffee Roasters just for a warm cup of coffee, a, a mocha, actually. And it's always good to see Matt or Linda and community members chatting around the, the tables there. And on Saturday, if you didn't know, uh, we had our prom last night. So there was a few parents there, and they were talking about prom and uh, prom dresses and the hope that their kids would make good choices after the prom and that after the dance. And, and we've all had those conversations if we raise kids like, you know, I hope you're okay and, and think about your choices. And there's one uh, father who I particularly uh, love. And he said, I, my daughter is such a good kid. And I, she goes, and I told her, she, I, I go, I know things can happen when you get around a, a group of kids and you're happy and you're celebrating. He says, all we want from you is just call us. If you need a ride home, just give us a call. And mom and I will come and get you, no questions asked. And just the graciousness of his words and his invitation to his daughter were so heartfelt. And it just lifted my spirits. I'd call it a mini resurrection in, in the belief of in humankind and in our goodness. And grace is everywhere. And we left the coffee shop and Angel and I made it down to Boyle Park. <clears throat> and we missed the, the Easter egg hunt. I'm guessing a couple of you were there. Uh, but young children 
as I got on the sidewalk there, they were swinging with absolute delight. And all the swings were full. And they were just reaching their toes up to the sky with each high arc there. And there's something about that that is just pure joy. Pure joy and wonder. And they're reaching as high as they, as they could. And they seem to be saying, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for see, we bring you good news of great joy for all the people. And the Christmas story was breaking into the Easter story. That happens quite often. <laughs> and the mothers looked on as they held their babies close to their breath. And one little girl said, can I go higher, mommy? Can I go higher? And she said, go as high as you want. Go as high as you want. It was just beautiful. And Angel and I, we continued to walk along the sidewalk between the two rows of trees that have stood like guardian angels over the park year after year. And that's my favorite segment when the sidewalk just goes between these large trees. And the branches are still bare. And a few birds watched as we passed beneath them. And there was a robin pecking at food in a patch of greening grass. And I was especially fascinated. There was two young lovers in the park on a, on a bench there. And they were holding hands and gazing adoringly into each other's eyes. And then there was two geese circling overhead. And they drew my eyes to the clear skies and the snow-capped La Plata's sparkling in the morning sun. And I just realized that beauty, beauty was everywhere. Beauty was everywhere. <coughs> And I don't know who said it, but somebody said, we will be saved by beauty. That beauty will save us. And Roar writes, resurrection is saying that matter and the spirit have been working together from the very first moment of the Big Bang. And resurrection is not a miracle to be proven. It is a manifestation of the wholeness that we are all to experience, even in this world. Resurrection is experiencing wholeness. And quite often, it's just a moment. A moment where we are deeply loved. A moment where we receive love. A moment where we're just in pure beauty. And it saves the world and us as well. <clears throat> and as I rounded the bend of the sidewalk, I heard the gently flowing Mancus River moving through our town, and also our hearts, cleansing and replenishing. And I pray that the healing waters of grace flow through each of us every day, bringing new life and hope. And may our cups overflow, and may goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. We know that familiar song, Psalm 23, Psalm 23 rather. <clears throat> and then... All these unseen birds, they were tweeting and chirping and twittering, cawing and clucking in this chorus of heavenly sound. And their concert was absolutely free to all who wanted to stop and listen. And I wondered, is resurrection everywhere, all around us and within us throughout our lives and just taking time to notice and Roar encourages us to look at all the different metaphors and all the symbols 
like condensation, evaporation, hibernation, the four seasons, and the cycles of everything from salmon to galaxies, and even the constant death and birth of stars from the very exact same stardust. So when we think about it, God appears to be resurrecting everything all the time. All the time. Things are being renewed. In the experience of of resurrection, of new life and beauty and holiness, saves us from the mundane. And as Brendan Manning writes, an awareness of the resurrected Christ banishes the meaninglessness, the dreaded sense that all of our life experiences are disconnected and useless. And through resurrection, we discover how connected everything is, the past, the present, and the future, and all of us as well. And Boyle Park just reminds me, I go there pretty well every day, reminds me of resurrection joy every day. And my prayer for all of us is that the living waters will flow through us and and that we may consider the birds of the air, that we may be still and know God, and that we may leave our tombs with fear and great joy because Christ is risen and with us. Amen.